Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 59 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'll be discussing the July 4th NXT TV episode. Happy Independence Day to all American members of Team NXT and a happy Rusev Day to the rest of you. It is Saturday, July 7th. It is the two-year anniversary of Pokemon Go, if anybody is also into that sort of thing. But whether you're on Team Valor, Team Instinct, or Team Mystic, I thank you for joining me and being a part here of Team NXT. And this week's episode of NXT TV started off with some women's competition. And not just women's competition, but two former Mae Young Classic competitors going one-on-one. Dakota Kai, the captain of Team Kick, takes on returning to NXT Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett is a talent to keep an eye on. She's one I'm hoping really gets signed to the WWE soon. A lot more frequent appearances at the Performance Center, I'm hoping, are in her future. She would definitely be a mainstay on this rebuilding of the NXT women's division, and especially with the Mae Young Classic 2 coming around. I'm actually not sure of a definitive competitor list for that, but I'm hoping Santana Garrett gets another opportunity to shine in that, and then consequently become a part of the NXT women's roster. So two former Mae Young Classic competitors going one-on-one, but Dakota Kai really needing a win here. Her recent misfortunes with It all started with Shayna Baszler. That Shayna Baszler attack just took something out of the psychology and the strong mindset of the captain of Team Kick. And then we saw the loss of hers to Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, a talent not to be messed with in the current landscape of the NXT Women's Division. Definitely one that's a standout, and I'll get to her promo a little bit later on in the show. She pitched it from her her honeymoon for God's sake. But back to the in-ring action, Dakota Kai versus Santana Garrett. Garrett's not her first time on NXT television. She's a former talent. That's why I mentioned such an emphasis on sign her already. Um, Her submission skill was definitely displayed in this matchup. She is a technical wrestler and she is a mainstay as far as all types of wrestling styles are concerned. Garrett's an all-around good performer and one to keep your eyes on if this is your first time witnessing her on NXT television. If the Mae Young Classic just happened to be something you missed, go back and check out a few of those matches because a lot of the, the up-and-comers in the NXT women's division were formed and forged in that tournament. And forged resilience lies in Dakota Kai's moveset for sure. Kai getting the short end of this matchup, but able to mount a comeback with resiliency and hard-hitting kicks. That face wash maneuver in the turnbuckle, it's its its the Haluva kick times like one and a half, which might be why I'm so incredibly partial to it. It's a great combo maneuver. But the overall most impressive thing in Dakota Kai's moveset right now has to be that finisher. I don't know what else to call it, so I'm going to call it chiropractic surgery executed for a much-needed win from Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai picking up a victory on NXT television due to her unorthodox offense. This offense, not enough to bring her championship gold in the face of Shayna Baszler, but Dakota Kai proving each and every week that she is a fan favorite. She's out there to compete. She's going to go out there and give it her all very much underdog appeal for the Kiwi and 
for those of you confused by that term, Kiwi is someone from New Zealand. Um, Travis Banks' most recent fandom brought out of me due to the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament 2 had me doing a little bit more research on New Zealand competitors. Dakota Kai and Travis Banks, definitely my favorite female and male, respectively. Dakota Kai picking up that much-needed win on NXT television this past episode. And what is up with the Mae Young Classic Tournament 2? Shayna Baszler wants to know as well. We did see a little bit of a break-off in the tag team division, but I'm going to cover that section all in one burst. Shayna Baszler delivering quite a compelling promo this evening. How do you choke out... uh, Just choking out the chaos brought upon by Nikki Cross. Shayna is the answer. Who is next is the question, but the answer will remain the same. And that is Shayna Baszler's reign of dominance right now. Mae Young Classic Tournament 2, they apparently had to scour the globe to pick up proper competition for the Queen of Spades. It doesn't matter. The answer remains the same. Who is next? Who is going up for the championship golds? Who is the next to fall to Shayna Baszler? Now, be that as it may with the coming of the Mae Young Classic Tournament 2, lots of hype surrounding it. Like I mentioned, cannot wait to see the new brand of imports brought into the NXT Women's Division. But I still smell a Mae Young Classic 1 Finals rematch coming before Shayna Baszler is exposed to a new championship competitor. And I'm talking, of course, about the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane having a lot of momentum, and her name seems to be falling out of a lot of the women competitors' mouths lately on NXT television. We saw her recent rivalry with Lacey Evans. Vanessa Bourne appears to be one who can't stop talking about the Pirate Princess. So who knows what's next for the NXT women's division. We know the Mae Young Classic 2 tournament is coming. I don't have a list of competitors handy off the top of my head, I really should say. But my favorite going into it, if assuming that she is a competitor once again, uh, maybe that's somebody agreeing with me with what I'm about to say. No. Let's have an NXT homegrown talent win. Maybe somebody who we see as a champion in the future, but doesn't have the quite wrestling background quite yet. Now, some of you might know who I'm talking about already. The rest of you, I'm going to brighten you up and say the EST of NXT, the the aforementioned Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is no joke when it comes to in-ring ability, her power on display constantly, and I'm just going to sum up the women's division right here in the opening segment. Ladies first, why not? I can't stop talking about the EST, but she's showing undefeated and undeniable confidence. Bianca Belair pitching a promo from her honeymoon saying that all of these girls better step in the back of the line before you try and take the spot of the EST of NXT Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair and Montez Ford, quick shout out to the honeymoon that she is on. Those two, a successful wedding and hopefully just as successful future to come for those two. They're an adorable couple if you pay any mind to their Instagram or Twitter feeds. They just seem so incredibly happy. Then again, name me a time where Montez Ford doesn't seem hyped up 
or happy, can only imagine what he's feeling after getting married to an impressive woman like that. Bianca Belair, undeniable confidence. And Kyrie Sane, let's talk about Kyrie Sane just a little bit more, saying Vanessa Bourne maybe should focus a little bit more on fighting and competition, but she plans on making Bourne walk the plank in a match next week. And next step is to acquire that NXT treasure, the NXT Women's Championship. So Kyrie Sane has just as much of a vision for a May Young Classic rematch as I do. Give me your thoughts on all of this Team NXT. NXT Women's Division, wide open as it seems right now. Tony Storm, the recent to fall to Shayna Baszler. Stitch into the NXT Women's Division. The undeniably crazy and psychotic Scott, Nikki Cross, suffocated at the hands of Shayna. What is next for the Queen of Spades? Who do you want to see jump up and step up to the plate against Shayna Baszler for that NXT Women's Championship? Lots to talk about with the ladies this week, obviously, but just as much with a tag team feud that seems to be going back a couple weeks and doesn't have any intentions of slowing down like a Mack truck. And I say that with pun fully intended because I'm talking about Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight in heavy machinery. We saw these guys getting quite what looks like a usual workout for them, but what looks like anybody else's max rep. Just these guys are unbelievable in putting up the metal. Unfortunately, just as heavy as they were trying to put up, they were just as heavy put down presumably by their opponents later in the evening, the Mighty, but Tucker Knight would suffer an unfortunate, what looked like weight malfunction or blindsided attack at the hands of, once again, presumably, the Mighty. Otis Dozy going to check on a couple of the steaks there, yeah, wondering, uh, are the steaks all rare and juicy and... Next thing you know, he's got to turn around and go check on his tag team partner. What I want to know is, how long were those steaks left on the grill? Were they not only suffering a tag team injury, but also suffering an overcooked steak? All things just possibly could have gone wrong for Otis Dozovic this past Wednesday. And you you don't want to see that man angry. You don't want to see him hungry. You definitely don't want to see him Hangry. I'll talk about Mighty versus Machinery in a couple minutes, but I want to talk about another tag team rivalry that appears to be brewing. The Undisputed Era, the recently dethroned NXT Tag Team Champions by Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, also known as the Teacher-Student Tandem, known as Mustache Mountain. Danny Birch giving us an update on his tag team partner, Oni Lorcan, suffering an orbital bone injury at the hands of, I'm honestly not sure which member of Undisputed Era, because Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly both hit so freaking hard. So it could be anybody's guess as to how Oni got hurt in the match. I plan on re-watching it just to see if I could pinpoint where the injury took place, but Lorcan with a suffered orbital bone shatter puts him out of action, according to Danny Birch, up to three months and it's a little bit of a downer in my personal opinion I did want to see one two punch make a possible live appearance at takeover Brooklyn and see what kind of reaction they get in another quote-unquote smart city 
known as Brooklyn, New York. But the jocks, the the Cobra Kai's, I guess, for lack of a better term, big shout out if you understand that reference. And if you don't, go check out Cobra Kai on YouTube, even though you got to pay for YouTube, and that's kind of beat. But the jockey attitude, the Cobra Kai sort of brotherhood faction want to mess with the guy they perceive as a nerd, although Danny Birch is way too tough to compare to any of the nerds that I might have seen in my high school days. But the jocks show up, they start messing with them, they start throwing him little quips about how his tag team partner's out of action, and how once he's once they're all settled straight, the next people in line for the tag team title match is the Undisputed Era, and that match will happen next week. Next week, Undisputed Era cashing in their rematch cause, Kyle O'Reilly loves a good cause. NXT Tag Team Title Match next week. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, the reigning champions, Mustache Mountain, take on Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly in a direct rematch from Royal Albert Hall. It all goes down in Full Sail University next week. Mustache Mountain claims a little bit later in this episode that it was no joke, it was no fluke. Clean a whistle because it's bound to happen again. Clean as a whistle because it's bound to to happen again. Something about when Trent Seven talks, I can't help but smile. I don't know if it's because based on his... Based on his... The way he presents himself as kind of a dad, I'm always expecting a dad joke. I don't know if it's the incredibly charming way he delivers a British accent, but Trent Seven has charisma for days, and that tag team title match is going down next week, so we get to see Mustache Mountain defend their titles for the very first time in the United States at Full Sail University. But other things to look forward to in the NXT title pictures is that an NXT championship match between Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa will happen in three weeks' time. That is the July 25th edition of NXT. I would really hope something as monumental as that as that would pair up with, say, episode 60. But I have episode 60 going down next week, and I'm bound to think of some sort of creative UF polls to get out there, some sort of other creative thread like NXT. I gotta do something for the NXT ladies. Because as my boy Sin City Brett mentioned when I first posted the thread, a lot of the dream matches... Between NXT Women's Champions, I know I'm drifting back to women's competition, but it is what it is. Sometimes I get sidetracked. Thank you for being along with me for the ride. But as Brett was saying, and I was saying for him, most of the NXT Women's, former Women's Champions dream matches have already been brought up. Charlotte versus Sasha Banks, definitely one of them. The resurgence of the Bayley and Sasha Banks rivalry breaking out on Raw. Obviously something to look forward to. Asuka has had several matches since her main roster debut. Asuka versus Charlotte, in my humble opinion, was definitely the dream match out of NXT former women's champions. So I got to figure out a way to open up the playing field. Maybe I'll say NXT women's champions, the best NXT alumni in your opinion, never to hold the title. And May Young Classic Tournament 1 competitors. I feel like that might give us a steady pool for women's competition to uh, 
to keep up with for episode 60 discussion points, but I'll deal with more of that this upcoming week. In the next three weeks, we have Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black for the NXT Championship. Quite frankly, I don't know if it's because William Regal is anticipating Black to deal out so much punishment to Tommaso Ciampa, but it kind of surprises me that uh, that William Regal would grant Ciampa a, uh, an NXT title matchup, especially considering the way he won in Chicago, but street fights and everything is legal. That's open to listener interpretation. Let's jump back into tag team action with the War Raiders hype. War Raiders getting their own promo video this week, really displaying their dominance, and uh, War Raider Hansen, Actually, liking one of my tweets as of late, if anybody remembers the Leif Erikson scene from Spongebob, I joked that that might be War Raiders' NXT TakeOver Brooklyn entrance. I don't know, Hansen seemed to think it was funny, so shout out to Warbeard Hansen for liking my juvenile attempt at humor. Let's jump into NXT Tag Team in-ring competition that I mentioned before. Mighty versus Machinery 2, but who replaces Tucky? Is it a handicap match? Yes, it is. It did piece together as a handicap match. Otis Dozovic taking on the heavy load by himself, muscling the Mighty around. You do not mess with Big Dozy's brother. You don't put the Tucker train off the tracks. You don't try and... I was trying to think of something really clever... For night. You don't make the sunshine disappear on Tucker night. I don't know, not one of my best ones. Anyway, mighty strong showing by the dozer. Otis Dozovic taking it to both Shane Thorne and Nick Miller throughout this matchup. But the new attitude, the new craftiness, I guess for lack of a better term. And just these underhanded tactics by the mighty would really catch up and the numbers game of course taking a big toll on the big man and a lighting up european uppercut a northern lariat i believe it was deemed by nick miller would turn out the lights on otis dozovic one two three the mighty are two and oh against heavy machinery but it hasn't been clean it hasn't been through any honorable means by any means but it has been done by any means necessary the first time their new tag team finisher at the time i guess uh rope leverage roll-up pin i like this strong lariat though uh i expect australians to be able to hit as hard as buddy murphy i expect them to be able to take as much shots like buddy murphy and uh I know, all of my Australian competition in-ring jumps back to the juggernaut of 205 Live. Because if you haven't seen Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali, definitely a match worth looking out for. Low-key might be a match of the year for 2018 thus far. Don't take my word for it. Tune into the WWE Network after you watch NXT. And check out 205 Live. The in-ring competition has a lot more emphasis on it. Triple H has the reins down there, just like he has with NXT. So your faith is in the right place if you're a fan of Cruiserweight Wrestling at this time. But before I start sidetracking into my other love, which is 
cruiserweight wrestling. Let's jump into Velveteen Dream versus Chris Dijak. It's D-R-E-A-M versus D-I-J-A-K. It was all about showman and one-upsmanship in this matchup between the two large, large guys. Velveteen Dream, not small by any means. Chris Dijak, really something to feast your eyes on. That is not just an expression. The guy has had an impressive showing here in NXT thus far. I know he was a popular act on the house show circuits, and Dijak is proving exactly why he is one to scout in the current landscape of NXT. Not only was it showmanship and one-upsmanship, but it was accompanied by strikes as well. Big offense, big strikes from Chris Dijak. Dijak with, I'm going to say it, control for most of this matchup, but Velveteen Dream always won with a high in-ring IQ. Able to turn the tables with the use of the steel steps, Dijak's dome would meet the steel, and then from there, it was all about the Dream DT. That spiraling downward DDT, it's really a spectacle to watch. It looks great on a larger opponent. I remember Dream executing it on Johnny Gargano and it not looking quite as hot, but with a larger opponent, case in point, the way it was delivered in the Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream match from TakeOver War Games. That's been my favorite Dream DT to date so far, and it looked just as great being delivered on Dijak, and it looks pretty damn good as a finisher as well. DDT's always, always a solid finishing maneuver. What else spells game over quite like your opponent's head being driven straight first into the canvas? But before I go on and on about selling the DDT, like my big, big hero Stone Cold Steve Austin might, I'm going to chalk up the wins of Velveteen Dream. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. But somebody not giving him credit for his recent actions is his United Kingdom Championship Tournaments NXT Showcase. I don't really know how to pin that episode. First ever episode of NXT UK. Also a possible way to call that match. No matter what it was. His former tag team partner, EC3, who Dream walked out on against Ricochet and the Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black. EC3 interrupting a post-match celebration from the Dream to meet Johnny Gargano in the ring. Now, before I talk about this last match, I do want to stretch a little bit more about EC3 and Velveteen Dream. These two have at least the bare bones of a rivalry in the works. The Tag Team Match Betrayal. Usually the landmark and the foundation for a solid rivalry. Especially with two guys who presumably still want to be in contention for Adam Cole's NXT North American Championship. So maybe have these two guys feud for a little bit on NXT television. And have the winner of this rivalry be Adam Cole's next contender. But the NXT Singles competition, everything except for the NXT championship match 
could be up to interpretation. How is Lars Sullivan going to rebound, not just from the match with Aleister Black, but from a broken jaw as well? Ricochet obviously has his eyes set on greater heights in NXT. And with Ricochet, I could mean that literally and figuratively related to championship gold. Other guys lurking out there, Fabian Eichner, the next level of NXT, also impressive as of late, but just needing to string together a couple of wins here and there. Raul Mendoza, you could say the same thing for these guys. The underutilized card of NXT. Let's start making a North American Championship division, and I really think the spotlight can be done a lot of justice for this championship if EC3 and Velveteen Dream arguably two of the most over superstars on NXT TV right now? Have these two guys compete. Have them show how much they want that North American Championship. Really good way for a first takeover title defense of that championship to to be expressed. We saw Oni Orkin, how badly Oni Orkin wanted it. Wolfgang also wanting retribution against the Undisputed Era. Both of these guys falling up short in their quest for that championship. So let's start rebuilding from the ground up with these two credible talents in EC3 and the Velveteen Dream. Okay, got a chance to talk to you guys about what those two have to gain. Let's talk about the man with nothing left to lose. I'm talking about Johnny Gargano. I can't even refer to him as Johnny Wrestling, and I sit here in the Johnny Wrestling t-shirt. But this is a different Johnny Gargano. You could tell from him walking down to the ring that just glare in his eyes. Not not timing his entrance to Rebel Heart. Not going out of his way to really showcase anything towards the crowd. No pandering like we're kind of used to with Johnny Gargano. Johnny looks determined AF going into this matchup with EC3. Gargano has recent history with the formula for success as well. Gargano interrupting EC3's matchup versus the aforementioned Chris Dijak a number of weeks ago to confirm his street fight with Tommaso Ciampa. And EC3, not a guy who wants any eyes off of him, especially when he's competing against who's catchphrase is feast your eyes so there's a lot of attention shifting around the room already and then it gets shifted onto Johnny Gargano declaring his street fight against Tommaso Ciampa just a little bit of a reason why EC3 might want a match against Gargano but if EC3 knew what he was walking into post takeover Chicago this is a new Gargano this is the most serious Johnny Gargano we have seen to date it's unfamiliar territory to him as far as this attitude goes. As far as NXT fans, it's new territory for us to see this side of Gargano on the NXT main stage. And the shit ironic thing about this matchup is that not only did he really put the boots to EC3, despite all of the beating that he suffered, Because just because Johnny's showing a new side doesn't mean he lost his old heart. Johnny stayed in there with some of EC3's toughest maneuvers. But then there were shades of Johnny that you don't recognize. Gargano locking in the Gargano escape and holding on to as close to a five count as he possibly could have managed. And then to lock it on so close to the ropes just for the sake of punishment. 
Johnny was not seeing EC3 this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny was seeing Tommaso Ciampa. Anybody that gets in Johnny Gargano's way between now and the next time he gets his hands on the Sicilian psychopath will be pictured as Tommaso Ciampa. And you don't want to be on the other side of the punishment that Johnny Gargano has in store for the actual Tommaso Ciampa when he just cannot see past that and you are in the ring with him. This is the most serious Gargano we have seen to date. It's unfamiliar territory. It's a redundant point by me, but it's worth hammering home twice. And Johnny, above all else that was shocking in this match from his attitude, he wins with the match, with the maneuver. He wins the match with the maneuver that costs him at TakeOver Chicago 2. I am so shocked by this new Johnny Gargano. It's sit here... It's tough to sit here and discuss it with you guys. I I posted a picture on the Instagram recently. You could see my dog's reaction to Johnny Gargano's new change in attitude, although it could just be him reacting to me reacting to Johnny Gargano. Anyway, Gargano winning with the elevated DDT that cost him the victory at TakeOver Chicago 2, and Johnny pins EC3 in the center of the ring. We've seen the Gargano losing streak. We saw his most recent defeat at Chicago 2. It wasn't a necessary win by Gargano, but it was a well-deserved win and a great place to shine the spotlight on his new aggression. I managed to catch an interview on WWE.com and Johnny swears that that moment where Champa ripped off his wedding ring, spit on it, and threw it into the crowd... That's what woke up this new side. That's the moment that broke Johnny wrestling and Johnny doesn't know who he is anymore. His fans, I mean, I could say this, I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize this Johnny Gargano this week. I sure as hell liked it. I sure as hell can't wait to see Tommaso Ciampa on the receiving ends of the things that EC3 received. But it wasn't a Gargano I recognized. It wasn't anything I was necessarily jumping out of my seat for, it was shock. It was utter shock to see Johnny Wrestling put on a performance like this. And I can only imagine where the future of this attitude from Johnny Wrestling is going to go. I cannot wait to see Gargano and Champa 3. I'm hoping it's a takeover Brooklyn 4. I'm really hoping it's an NXT first. I really thought that unsanctioned match and street fight were way too close in stipulations for something like that to fly. Maybe that's somebody on Twitter reaching out for aggression. Nope. Nope. Uh, World Cup information. Shout out to my European football fans of Team NXT if you're following the World Cup right now as well. But if you're following me, thank you so much, guys. It's about time to wrap up the show here. Let's do the social media roundup. You've heard this about 50 plus times at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter That's where you'll find as well as NXT discussion and my discussion threads and any topical questions that might be brought up to the week. I also live tweet Raw and SmackDown, and that's where I've gotten a lot of my interactions with fellow podcasts and members of Wrestling Twitter from I could sit here and spend an entire segment just thanking specific podcasts and fans, 
but I'm not going to do that right now. Let's cover this in a one big blanket. Thank you for making Wrestling Twitter a better place for me to exist on, and shout out to over a thousand followers. At podcast underscore UF being the Twitter, at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram. You'll find that picture of my dog I mentioned recently. You'll see a couple other things that just happened to catch my attention in the world of wrestling memes and uh, such events like that. Like me on the Facebook. Reach out to me on the Facebook with any direct messages about the show. If you have any booking inquiries, if you want to do any collaboration work, if you want to do anything on Facebook Live, I'm also open to those opportunities as well. Uh, Be sure you're listening to me on your favorite podcasting platform, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, where the RSS feed is hosted. I'm on all of those third-party sites that retrieve information from there. No matter how you're listening to me, whether it's your first or over 50th time, thank you so much for being a part of Team NXT and allowing me to enter your sound waves. I am C.D. Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. I will see you next week for the July 11th edition of NXT, highlighted by the NXT Tag Team Championship rematch between the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. Have a great weekend, everybody. I hope everybody has a successful work week next week as well. Happy Rusev Day, and I will talk to you next time. 